Welcome to the Salty and Shiny Life podcast, where our faith guides us and we get to learn from each other. I'm your host, Erin, with Mathena Counseling and Consulting. Join us as we dive into ways we can embrace our faith and make a positive impact on the world around us as we learn from the journeys and experiences of others. Get ready to be encouraged, uplifted, and equipped as we learn from one another. Together, we can become the best versions of ourselves and shine brightly in a world that needs hope. It's time to live the salty and shiny life. And please don't forget to like and share with your friends. Yes! To have Savannah Simpson here. <laughs> All right, take two. We can make this work. It'll be oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah. How about we start with prayer? Yeah. All right. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for Savannah, yes, for allowing her time in, you know, in this busy schedule to be able to come and talk to us, um, to share her insight. I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. God, I just ask that you order our conversation, that you know exactly what it is that people need to hear and understand and experience. And Lord, we just ask that you come and you guide everything that happens uh, yeah. in this conversation. We say these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. So first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, why mm -hmm. you are so passionate about Gen Z and yes. discipleship of Gen Z. Yes. Well, hey guys, I'm truly honored to be on this show. Uh, when Aaron asked me, I was a little shocked. I was like, what? Really? Yeah. So I'm super pumped. For me, uh, I'm Savannah Simpson. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm current youth director in a local church and I love it. I love what I do. I love being a part of helping train the leaders of the next generation. And I'm super passionate You're because, so good at it. <laughs> well, I'm honored. And my passion started because I was given an opportunity to lead at a very young age. Mm -hmm. um, there was a student activities director at Blythewood High School. That's where I graduated from. And he pulled me into his office my freshman year after seeing me in a pageant where mm -hmm. I was not the typical pageant girl. And I actually rapped as my talent. Oh, girl. And he was like, there okay, something's, it's on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> he was like, something's different about you. I want you to be involved in our student leadership and help shift the culture of the school. Yeah. And so when he invited me to be a part of that, now my, my, my dad had raised me very much so believing that I was a leader despite being a woman in this world today. Like, so I knew, I never questioned it. I was like, all right, I'm a leader everywhere I go. But when somebody else says it, there's also this like, oh, like what my dad is saying is like, Other like people that's, see it too. Yeah. So it was oh, really motivating, awesome. encouraging yeah. that he saw something in me that I didn't always see in myself. He saw a confidence, he saw a boldness and he saw a willingness to just do the right thing despite what other people thought. I'm mm -hmm. um, to put myself out there for things that mattered and so I wasn't uh like on fire believer at the time I like right. knew God knew about God but I was not surrendered to the Lord um and we all have those seasons that, oh that absolutely is part of our journey and sure. so with that having those opportunities to actually see 
from start to finish, the culture of our school began to shift mm. to celebrate everybody in our school, to celebrate not just the football team, but the band, the wrestling team, the theater program, our choir. Like it was just so cool to see the people being celebrated and unity within a school. Mm -hmm. And so we had some really cool years yeah. that I got to be a part um, of just helping shift the culture. And so seeing that before even really being surrendered to God, I look back now and I was like, bro, what would have happened if I knew Jesus shifting the culture for God? Oh my and goodness. so then when I got the opportunity to lead students that, and when I re-surrendered my life to Christ, I was like, instead of making me famous and instead of making things just better, I want to make things kingdom and I want to make things Jesus. Like I want to make Jesus famous. So that shifted everything. And now that gives me the passion to do what I do. So instead yeah. of just impacting one school, I get to be a part of so many students and so many leaders that are then pouring into our students and helping shift the culture. And yeah. we have about 35 schools represented at our youth group. And so just seeing wow. like seeing That's what powerful. God's doing, even the homeschools and co-ops and different yes. stuff, like it's just really cool to see like, okay, like God, God is just moving and like That's the opportunity amazing. to bring his impact everywhere our students go is just what yeah. keeps me going. So God brings it more and more to my attention that my true job is just to keep pointing to him. Amen. You know, that is yeah. no look up there. Look, yeah. look, yeah. Point to, well, not, not really up there anywhere and everywhere. Right, right, right. Pointing to Jesus. Right. It's just, Mm -hmm. I used to be so all about me bigger. Oh, oh yeah. I, I was it. like, I wanted to make me famous. I had a YouTube channel when I was like eight and was editing videos. And I was like, I want to be famous. Da, 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 da. And, and that's on our current culture. That is what is famous. It is. Yeah. I want to be an influencer. I mm -hmm. want to. And yeah, that mm -hmm. the importance of that kind of flies out the window and you just want to impact the person that God has put in front of you. Yeah. You know, and that is, I mean, that's part of what, when he started pulling on me to do this podcast, it was people need encouragement and they need to understand what it is um, to live for me every day. Yeah. To be, what does it even look like to be salt and light? Yeah. And because that just should permeate our everything is living as, and living as salt and light is pointing to him. Yeah. But for me, I didn't understand really what it looked like to live that way until I got around some people who I saw were doing it. And I yeah. realized how important it is to be exposed mm. to what it looks like. Yeah. Because that's what opens our eyes to, Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I could do that in my life. Oh, right. I could walk this way. I could, I see how they did it. Mm -hmm. I can do that too. Oh, I can pray out loud. Oh, right. I can read the Bible without it feeling overwhelming yeah. or like, like so it's that confusing. exposure. It's being introduced right. to it. Right. And I thought, okay, well, mm -hmm. so many people have such amazing stories and testimonies yeah. and God is working on all of us in so many different ways. Yeah. This is a great way for others to be able to hear it mm -hmm. when they can't necessarily be your best friend and be around you. But when they yeah. can hear what you have to say here, they can be like, it That's can true. influence in pointing to Jesus. Yeah, like absolutely. this really is the answer. So I love that. <laughs> and you get to do that with all the youth, man. I just, I picture you just walking around, just pointing. It's Jesus. Pointing to Jesus. Pay attention. Pay attention to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus has got you. He's yeah. But it's also a constant surrender too. Because yes. I think you can, in any role of leadership that you get into, it can no matter if it's in, in a church, in a local church, like you, there still is always going to be this 
like there's going to be a temptation to want to make it about yourself. Absolutely. And so it's like, that's why like Luke nine, two, three, like is like die to myself, put the cross on my back. It's not about me. So I think that's a, it doesn't really matter if you're, whether you're in church leadership, whether you're in church leadership in the fact that you are part of the body of the church and you are working at a gas station, you're running a business, you're doing like, it's always about like, okay, how do I submit to God so that I overflow and am, and I am that influence. So. so good. <laughs> All right. So how do you see the values and perspectives of Gen Z uh, shaping their approach to discipleship and intimacy with God? Yeah. So when it comes to discipleship specifically, we'll start there and, and intimacy because Gen Z actually loves like small group conversations because they love authenticity. And so authentic leadership, I'm even studying this right now in one of my leadership courses in school, um, authentic leadership gets so much buy-in from Gen Z. Yeah, because like they're able to sniff out like I mean I'm Gen Z and Gen Z so like I can sniff it out too but like very much so like our high school students like if you're inauthentic within seven seconds they're gonna be like all right bye I don't really care what you have to say um, yeah. and sometimes their judgments inaccurate as my judgment can be inaccurate all of us yeah but as like we were talking earlier it's like that is why it's so important as a leader of Gen Z for us to be so authentic with Christ, to be so rooted in our word and so vulnerable with the Lord and vulnerable with our accountability partners and like so open so that when we're with our students that we like, they can, they can see through us and they see fruit. They don't see, they don't see dead things. They see life um, because they're going to sniff that out so fast. They are. And that, you know, just being rooted in the word, the way I said it, rooted, rooted, be rooted. rooted in the word, rooted in the word, yes. and spending that real time with God every day. Yeah. He is pointing out to me hard in my life in this season, chapter, whatever that I'm in right now. He just keeps saying, "It is so important to stay in the word and be because that puts you in your authentic place. You are yeah. not when you aren't in that word. You are." striving right to be who you think you're supposed to be gosh as opposed to when you've been in that word you're walking from a different place like you are abiding yes (laughs) and just living in that place of authentic relationship with him Mm -hmm. not play acting right oh which is exhausting oh so exhausting but like, it's so easy to get in that trap. It is. And, but God has pointed out to me so many times, you see these people that you love so much. You see mm-hmm. how impactful they are. You see yeah. how I work through them. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why. Yeah. They spend huge amounts of time abiding in mm. me. Like, this yeah. isn't that they show up on Sunday and then they I've just blessed them. Right. No. It Ooh. is. They have put in the time. I know them yeah, and they know me mm. like there is authentic relationship. Yeah. That authenticity comes back a lot. It is so powerful. Yeah. So yes, I have myself been learning. Okay. I gotta, in order to have him flow through me yeah. and out to others, mm-hmm. I have to be in the word and spend yeah. time with him. Like without that, yeah. 
I'm empty. I don't have anything to pour mm-hmm. out. Yep. Which I think includes balancing truth with our emotions oh. and balancing truth with our opinions. Oh, absolutely. And so it's like I'm having to learn because I was I was just a very strong-minded, strong-willed, we're going to do it no matter what type of personality that I never really like learned how to process my emotions as a kid. Um, and so my parents were great in raising me, but I was just strong-willed in that. And so now I'm learning how to process, okay, I'm, 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 I'm angry, which is a secondary emotion. So what's the root? I'm sad. Okay, got it. I'm I'm like annoyed. I'm I, I don't scared. Know, scared. Fear. Mm. I'm learning that fear is actually a root of, of a lot of my different emotions. Yeah. And so learning my emotions and then the root of my emotions, then finding the truth about it in scripture then helps yeah. me combat the lies, which then helps me be an authentic leader to students because they're dealing with the same emotions. Processing and need, those things is yeah. huge. Yeah. To recognize, wait a minute, I feel weird. And I'm, I kind of want to lash out in this moment. Right. Where is that even coming from? Right. What, what is it that happened? Being open to questioning it. Yes. And yes. not like, oh, well, this is dumb. I'm going to push that to the side and keep moving forward, which is what I, my, that's my natural tendency. Ah. And so, yeah. My, I think I grew up believing that, you know, emotions were just all knowing. So if I mm. was, you know hurt or sad it must be the end of the world or Mm. you know and guided by my emotions wow yeah and so in something like um relationship with god i'm not feeling him right this second Mm. so he must not be there i must be on my own yeah not true right we cannot rely on our emotions to be telling us the truth all the Mm -hmm. time we know Knowing is not an emotion. We know that God's word says mm-hmm. that he will never leave us. Nor he is always with us. us, nor forsake us. All of those, he is always here. So even though in my emotions, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, but I don't feel him right now. And I feel mm-hmm. sad. God's presence is not a feeling. Exactly. He you is, can feel. I trust, I trust yeah. that he is still there. Yeah. You can feel God's yes. presence, Absolutely. but it is not a feeling. Right. And so it's it's that truth of going back to like, I know, I know that I know that I know that because I have the Holy Spirit, like he's right here with yeah. me. So I, yes, I agree. I mean, as a counselor, I had to learn the, like this, as I started processing yeah. all of these things and really learning them, I was like, mm. okay, this is a really big deal. And something mm. for people to learn is yeah, it's so true. emotions can sometimes be liars. I've said that mm. before. Emotions are powerful. They are important. Yeah. They can guide us. But I literally have a little feelings wheel in my journal that I literally process with at night now because I need to know. I'm like, I'm still learning how to understand that, okay, because I'm scared, that's fear. Because I'm embarrassed, that's fear. Because I'm like, and what the root. And that is so good that you have that to be able to process it. It's real. It's so good. So, Mm. you know, when we first started talking about doing this Mm -hmm. podcast, you Mm -hmm. mentioned um, numbers 13 and 14, and you mentioned yes. Joshua 1. So um, this next question is, Joshua 1 talks mm-hmm. about being strong and courageous. And in what ways do you think this message resonates with Gen Z? Yes. Um, so I love where it talks about in Numbers four, 13 and 14, but since you're asking about Joshua 1, I'm going to stick right here um, because <laughs> I could go on and on about the rest of it. Um, but with Joshua 1, knowing that he was under Moses' leadership, like 
threw out numbers and as they were wandering in the wilderness that he got to witness it. He got to learn from Moses. He was discipled and then he was sent. And I love that in Joshua one, God is like, Moses, my servant is dead. It is your time to come and lead these peoples across the Jordan. And you are the leader that's going to take them into the promised land. And I literally, I've been like just sitting on Joshua one all month because I would just read it and weep because it's, I really just feel this burden that like, this is Gen Z that is going to be crossing the Jordan river. I don't know Uh, what that looks like practically, but I'm just like, I like, because what's so cool though is that in when it goes into chapter three, God parts the sea. So it's God that does the whole thing. Right. So despite Joshua being the one that is to lead, Joshua is not the one like, like it's not all Joshua's doing. It's Joshua's obedience. Gosh, you know what is just <laughs> overwhelming me right now in this thought? Okay. We talked earlier about, you know, being able to see something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and faith is believing even when you can't see it or feel it. Right. Joshua is the person God has put in the place for the people to see. Joshua is the person that they are looking to, to see what it looks like to follow God. Mm. He is the one that is that example, that thing yeah. that we talked about earlier. Once you're exposed to it yeah, and you see it in action, it makes it easier to do he is the one that's been called to be yeah. that example mm-hmm. that others are looking to, to follow. Right. And I'll tell you, as I was reading, because as we talked about it, I got into Joshua 1 mm-hmm. and the numbers in thir- numbers 13, 14. I'm reading through them, and I couldn't help but keep thinking, Savannah's a Joshua. Mm. Yes. Thank like, you. I felt that. Mm. And, I, you know, it's just really powerful because these – these kids, the youth, are looking to you. What does mm. it look like mm. to follow God? What does it look like to charge forward in chasing after God and living mm. that? Amen. Yeah. And I, I can see exactly why you mm. would be so drawn <laughs> to Joshua in his story because yeah. it is a roadmap, yeah. essentially, for everything you're doing, which yeah. is yeah well it's so interesting too because Moses' leadership was a little different he like yeah. delegated some people and he even had to get his like what was it his wife's dad had yeah. to then give him advice and like bro you need to like delegate some dudes because you can't run a million people on your own like right and so like he had to be taught how to delegate but then joshua is like all right we got the tribes we got these people like y'all are in charge of your tribes and you're in charge and he's like he's like identifying equipping and empowering people and so that's what gets me excited too, is because it wasn't it wasn't just Joshua, but his ability to identify, equip, and empower, and raise up the next leaders. Yes. And so Joshua one just really outlines what the leaders of the next generation really need to be doing, because God specifically says, "Be strong and courageous." Mm-hmm. And what I love too is that Joshua was already a commander; mm-hmm. he was already a leader of leaders. So he didn't need to be told. He didn't just need to be told, "Hey, be strong and courageous." Like you go, like you go, boo, like go do your thing, like be strong, <laughs> be courageous. No, like it was like a level up. It was yeah. like the strength that you had in the past to do what you did is not enough for where you're gonna go. So you got to be strong and you got to be courageous. And I love he says in seven, I probably should just read it because reading scripture, just like you feel it. You just feel it when you read it. (laughs) But it's truth. It is true. It's not just a feeling. So he says, (laughs) um, so be strong and courageous. 
for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all of the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Not just be strong and courageous. He says very courageous because he's about to tell him like, you, you got to obey me and it takes courage to obey. Walking by faith is not easy, friends. It yeah. is not easy. Nope. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Respect your leadership from the past. Don't deviate from what we've done before. Don't try and create your new plan. Like, I say what I said, and we're going to do what we do. <laughs> oh, then it says, do not deviate from them. <laughs> Turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So, be strong and courageous. Obey. Be very courageous. It takes courage to obey. Yes, and then it does. study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Do I be doing that? <laughs> in the morning? Yeah. I get my Jesus time. Yes. I get my like word. But then like at night, sometimes I'll just like journal, process, and like knock right. out. Yeah. But like actually like meditating. Meditating on it. Yeah. Really taking it in and digesting it. Yeah. Day and night. Yeah. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Then the verse we all know, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever yes. you go. Oh, mm. Amen. Mm. I'm just like in awe. I could just sit in that. I'm like, it's all right, so great. Good. That's the message for today. We're done. We're okay. Done. We're done. Great. That's the message for like the next six weeks. Yeah, like know, right? there's I so know. much there. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so in Numbers 13, 14, mm -hmm. uh, it recounts the story of the Israelites' uh, spies exploring the promised land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how can this narrative guide discussions about taking risks and step stepping into God's promises? Yeah. Especially for the young people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so cool because this was when Moses was like, all right, we got the 12 tribes. Let me take one from each tribe and we'll send you to the promised land. Like, go mm -hmm. check it out. God told him to do this. So yes. he's in obedience. He's like, go check it out. He God, when God tells him, he says, go check out the land that I am going to give you. God said it. I am going to give you 12 of the dudes. They go included are Joshua and Caleb. The guys go, they check out the land. They do all the stuff. They bring back the fruit and they're like, they come back and they're like, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Like this is the promised land that God has promised us. And before they even start exclaiming their doubts, Caleb, I want to just even get the exact wordage because Absolutely. Caleb is just wilding out here. He's like hype, hyping up the people like the best hype man ever. He's like, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once. Take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. We can certainly do it. Bold faith. And I'd say I'm a little bit like that. And sometimes I can get ahead of myself and I'm like, I don't, I don't, so growing in my discernment, I'm like, sometimes I need leaders to be like, hold on, hold on a second. Wait, let's slow down. But instead of, the, instead of the wait, slow down, let's process, make a plan and go, the people, the other men disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report throughout all the land among the Israelites. A lack of faith is contagious. It is. Oh, <laughs> girl. Yeah, it is. So their lack of faith spread across oh. the land. Now, granted, it was 10 versus 2 in this scenario, but it, it spread across the land. And this, what was sad is then Moses and Aaron are like, God, like, what do we do? 
And then they began to doubt. And so that's what's interesting to me is like the people complained. They're like, they said to all the people, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is rich flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel. So this is them praying. They're like praying to the Lord and then like praying, praying, praying. And then God is like, but these people are doubting me. Yeah. I see that so much. And so it's like when in their doubt, this is when God was like, all right, because you're doubting what I can do, you're not going to be able to enter the promised land. They're doubting because they can't see it, which goes back to that same idea that when they could see it in Joshua, they were ready to go for it. They couldn't see it even in Joshua and Caleb here. Yeah. They didn't have necessarily the authority, I guess, or but the people couldn't see it even though they could. And so I guess that anointing that is that he definitely has later on in the story when he's taking them into the promised land. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's interesting because faith is like Caleb in order to, in order to have crazy faith, you have to first have a fear of God. Oh yes. And so fear of God has been a big one I've thought about and processing and understanding over yeah. the last few months. Yeah. What does that look? Cause I hear fear of God and I think, like being terrified of being God. scared of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's not yeah. what that means. Yeah. John Brevere has a great quote and he says, the fear of God is not being scared of God, but being afraid of being away, away from, from God. God. Yes. That is exact. Oh, love. Yeah. John Brevere. I might've, the words might be, no, long, but, but that's it's right. It's being separated from him. It's yeah. the fear of not having yeah. him. That like is the fear. I want, like, I want intimacy with God. And I if I, like, if I'm stepping out of line, like, I'm like, God, like, I, may there always be a reverent fear within me. Like, that's one of my biggest prayers right now because yeah. I don't want to ever get an opportunity to be on a podcast or an opportunity to go do something. And it's like, oh, I got this. Like, God, you're yeah. with me. But, like, it's me. It, like, but it's like, I no. want that reverent fear that, like, I need him in all things. And so it's like, they, like... Caleb had that reverent fear, the faith in God and his security was in God. He wasn't scared of the giants in the land and what they, they could do. They thought they were going to be defeated. And it's like, we know Jesus already won the victory. And so, but still we come into situations and we're like, this ain't going to work out. Like, I know God said this, but like, what? Yeah. And the others had a fear of people, fear of man. Yes. And an insecurity because they were putting their faith in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll let ourselves down, Absolutely. you know, it, it's been crazy because God, I'm in this place where God is, you know, has me creating my own business slash ministry and moving into that yeah. space. And it's been, um, you know, several months, but it, it's a place where, you know, he tells me amazing things are coming. I don't have any specifics. I'll have any specifics, yeah. so I don't even know what to look for, but yeah. he keeps telling me amazing things are coming. And so I just keep walking in this place of, he told me amazing things are coming. I can't wait to see it. But if I don't get in that word and stay in the place where yeah. I am just being filled up with him, it is so easy to fall into a place of, yeah, I'm making that up. That's just something I want to hear myself mm. because Satan would love for me to believe that. Yeah. You know, that, that is the enemy coming yeah. at me with whatever. Don't be walking in faith. Mm. You're just, 
you're, you know, making your own stuff up. Well, that's not, not true. And, yeah. and you know, just even a couple of weeks ago, I was edge of that space go questioning everything and going, am I, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. Maybe, you know, is this faith thing real? Yeah. And immediately God was pouring out and pointing out to me and having others step up and say things that made me go, okay, nope, I get it. I, I wasn't just crazy and making it up. Yeah. God really is talking to me and saying these things, but walking in that faith, walking mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a way that just, you are walking towards something you can't mm-hmm. even see, but you know it's there. What do you think triggers that? Like, what do you think triggers, like, when we're out, like, when, like, before we even, like, slow down our Bible reading time, like, what triggers that? The shift into not believing? Mm-hmm. The shift of, like, starting to doubt. Um, for me, it was, I hadn't been in my community mm-hmm. that helps me walk yeah. in that place. Yeah. Like, my faith community, my friends that just believe the same thing I do and are building me up. I hadn't necessarily been listening to my worship music. Yeah. I hadn't been spending, I talked to God throughout the day, but I wasn't focused. I didn't take a time to be focused. Mm. And so I wasn't giving him necessarily the opportunity to really fill me up. Whereas my normal place is to be fairly filled right? and surround, I surround myself with that because that's where I love to be. Right. And so when I wasn't necessarily surrounded, it was very easy to teeter yeah, and waver mm-hmm. because I wasn't putting in front of, I wasn't putting it in front of me. Wait, one of the things that's helped me so much through all of it is I've looked at, I have countless stories throughout my life of where God showed up. And when I start to waver or get frustrated or doubt or whatever, I go and look at those stories and go, wait a minute. He showed up in every one of these times in my life. Yeah. Why would that change now? Yeah. Like those spiritual markers, right? Like actually writing them down and like putting them somewhere. I tell people all the time to create what I, I mean, I've called it a God timeline, and I do it That's in my, cool. in like my laptop <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. if I was to write it and then try to go back anyway, in the laptop is the best because you can insert. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. But yeah. yeah. yeah and, yeah. and created like in, you know, 2012, he did this in yeah. 2003, he did this and you know how I became a missionary in Ecuador and that was just never right. on my radar at all. And it was totally a God move mm-hmm. how I ended up in South Carolina from Chicago yeah. South Carolina was never on my radar, but he moved me it's, here. For it's really a very on no specific... one's radar. Right. And then God just has to be like, South Carolina, get down I here. South Carolina. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I mean, and over and over again, as I, yeah. as I stop, those things build our faith as we look. And so in moments, not only one person I think told me long ago that I should do that. But it was more so I could see how God interacts with me. So yeah. I could see the pattern. And, mm. and I have looked at it that way I, and, I, and um, thought about, okay, well, it's been sudden. It's been big. It's been a huge, quick shift yeah. pretty much every time. Yeah. Um, and almost every time it's I've been trying to figure it out on my own mm. and failing miserably. 
And then he comes and brings the thing. And I'm like, why was I stressing? He had this the whole time. Like, he already knew. He never lost a battle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, that has been very helpful because Mm. I look back at it constantly and I'm like, he never fails me. He always comes through. And it's always at the moment when I'm like, I'm about to give up. Yeah. Like, I have no more money or I have no, like, I'm at the Mm -hmm. end, God. Like, there's... (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's also, then it makes me wonder like, well, like why, why did I end up on my own track for so long? Like what got me off track? Like, where's the root? I'm all about, I'm all about Uh, time efficiency. I'm like, where did I start going off track? I've been doing this time differently. Like this has been very different for me because I've always stressed and tried to figure it out on my own and created whatever, like applied to 15, 20 different jobs, trying to find the way and, you know, I did maybe a little bit of it this time, but this time it's become more of a discussion with myself about what does it mean to walk in faith? Yeah. Versus what does culture say? Because as I talk to so many people, it so often is, um, oh yeah, I totally trust God. And I'm going to do this and I need to do this. And I need, need to stress about this. I need to rewrite this. I need to take care of this. I need to do, 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 do. Right. And I'll even have my to-do list and I'm like, oh my gosh, but there's so much to do. I'm like, wait a minute. Again. Yeah. This is all going to happen. I'm, I can't screw it up. I, I oh, feel like I way. can. I feel yeah. like, my, and my fear has, no, and I was telling some friends this just a few days ago. I realized that it's not that I doubt God. It's that I doubt myself. Mm. to necessarily hear everything I need, like fear of the Lord. I want to make sure I hear everything from him and that he tells me everything I need to know so that I go in the right direction. Yeah. I don't want to screw. I've screwed up plenty in my life. I don't want to do that anymore. But yeah, I think God's teaching me that same in the, like the sovereignty of God aspect. Because ultimately, like you said, like it's not because I don't trust God, it's because I don't trust myself. But still, we know that if I don't trust myself, then there means there's something that I'm not trusting about God. Yeah. So it's like, where is that overlap? Where is it? Where is the... But if God's sovereign mm-hmm. and he knows my heart, if I feel like I believe that I have heard him say this and I have accountability that agree with me and feel like God has said this and I have leadership that is like, and mentors that are like, I believe God's saying this, then there's a grace that if I go in that direction, that God's going to be with me in yes. that direction Yes. because he knows my heart and he knows like he put people around me so that I would have that guidance. But if I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And I'm just like, ha, ah! there ain't no grace. I'm operating, I'm operating outside of the Self. grace of God. Right. And that's where it gets dangerous. That's true. But I can trust the sovereignty. This is what I'm learning is I can trust mm-hmm. his sovereignty when I'm hearing and filtering the voice of God through the Bible, mm-hmm. through prayer, through his church, and through the circumstances. Yes. And like, but they all have to be in congruency. Like I can't just pick one and go in that direction. And it so it's just that is what I'm learning. Well, I had I was telling a friend some of this stuff and they said because part of my thing has been my desire to do these other things is something culture is telling me to do Hmm. it's not what God's telling me to do so I kept going back to the word (laughs) I kept going back to the word but what does it look like to trust should I be trying every avenue I possibly can to earn a dollar 
or, right, you know, strategy. And so I've looked back and I've looked through, yeah. you know, there is wisdom involved Absolutely. for sure. But I looked at, you know, when it talks about finances, what does the Bible say about trusting God? What does the yeah. Bible say about crying out to God and all of it? Yeah. You know, take up my yoke. Right. And, you know, the burden is easy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm making this a lot harder than mm. it has to be. Culture is making this a lot harder than it needs to be. And a friend said, well, God's breaking culture off of you. And I was like, mm. oh. I had not seen it from that perspective. Mm. And once she said that, wow. I started looking at the whole last six months going, oh, it's so much bigger than culture mm. that he's breaking off. Like in all wow. of my questioning and the way I understand it. And because part of my journey has been, but how do I teach it? Hmm. People are watching. Yeah. How do I help others understand? Because they're still going, oh, I trust God and I need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. No, 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 no. But how do I teach it? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's been a lot. Yeah. To that process. submission, that trusting. Because a plan is like, a plan is necessary, mm -hmm. but being surrendered, the plan surrendered is necessary. Yes. So like structure that is led by God so like I believe that God speaks as you build the structure. So yes. like believing that he is speaking when I'm creating a plan. Like the ark. But also <laughs> being open-handed if he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ha -ha. That was just to help you learn something. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> but it, it was still a part of the process. It was the process. To get me to where I need to go. And I can trust that. I needed to walk through this chaos yeah. over the last several months of not understanding. Yeah. In order to create this foundation of yeah. understanding. Because right. in this foundation, mm -hmm. I can speak about it and mm -hmm. teach about it. Right. Whereas when I was in the place of questioning everything, I would have just questioned everything yep yep and so not when, help like when the so this i was like I, i've been trying to get yep. this in here somewhere um this is when the israelites are saying if only we so they're like frustrated they're like oh my gosh the promised land we're gonna die and like they think they're gonna die in the promised land and so instead they're like if only we had died in egypt or even here in the wilderness so instead of like quote unquote potentially dying in the promised land, except God has already said he's going to give it to you. You wish you had died in the wilderness. Like it's, I feel like, because it's so easy for us to get there of like, Oh my gosh, I can spin out. And I'm just like in my, like, I wish I wouldn't have done this. And like we, right. Oh, that's been a part of the last, we invoke that fear on ourselves, But then we begin to doubt the purpose of the wilderness season. Because not only did they just say, well, if only we had died in Egypt or even in the wilderness, they're saying like, well, this whole wilderness journey was a waste of time. Like, and how often do we do that? Yeah. This whole multiple years of my life. Did I go in the wrong direction? Have I? Oh, girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love efficiency. I, I love getting things done well and going in the right direction. And so I'm like, well, did I it's just take an entire detour. Was this? Part of but God's the grace from the beginning, like or? the grace so and like realizing like, well, if I'm operating and even if I was operating outside of God's grace, God's grace still covers it after the fact yes. and empowering me. John Bevere, I, I'm a big John Bevere Huge and Lisa Bevere have discipled me. They don't even know they it. They don't know it. But, but yes. they like God's grace is God's empowerment. John Bevere yes. says that all the time of like, it's, it's not just like, oh, I'm fine. Like God's got me. Well, keep going. And uh, if I mess up again, God's grace, is blah, blah, blah. God's grace is God's empowerment. 
Yes. And so it's empowering me to go where he's wanting me to go and in his direction. So, so it's don't despise the wilderness season. No. No. And, and I, I think back often and I think, you know, I wouldn't do things differently. Yeah. Even if I had the opportunity just because of, you know, how I've grown and who I am now. Right. Because I wouldn't be who I am now without yeah. oh, so much wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much. All right. Next question. Yeah. So Gen Z is known for its digital connectedness. Yeah. Um, how can technology be leveraged to enhance discipleship and foster intimacy? Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely social media is like the obvious one. Um, but I think it can be capitalized on more than it is mm-hmm. uh, because it's even for us in our youth group right now, it's so hard to like do social media. And that's one of the big things that we're wanting to do here soon because as somebody who's like, let's do Bible studies, let's do discipleship. Da, 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 da. It's like social media is on the back burner. I'm like, that's not yeah. a priority. Everybody should just delete Instagram. But the reality is that's not where the generation is going. Right. Like Gen Alpha is coming up. They're able to edit videos at the age of 10. Like yeah. literally we have 10 year olds that are editing videos for our G kids services <laughs> and it's phenomenal. They're it's great. Amazing. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we need to capitalize on this. And so instead of dismissing it and saying, no, we should delete Instagram because it's bad. It is in ways that are destructive to our mind. It is. That is true. Like how do we teach and disciple how to use it well and for God's kingdom? Yeah. Because that's where honestly so much evangelism is happening on like, if you've heard of Jesus talk is like TikTok, but the Jesus side of TikTok, like one of our students like got saved through TikTok. Like, yes, there are people nowadays getting saved through TikTok. My ent- I mean, I'm more into Instagram than TikTok, yeah. but my entire algorithm is it's like pastor after faith based thought yeah. after, you know, because that's the stuff that I want to see and hear. Yeah. So that's good. But my entire feed is that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I put clips of these podcasts on there because I'm hoping these are little words that will make yeah. people go. Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Right. Or, right. you know, and make them want to come and listen to the entire message. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, just in the time that you and I have been speaking, we've covered so many different topics that yeah. could, I mean, God could use any of it to impact so many different right. people. They're going to hear it the way they need to hear it. Right. Because God's so amazing yeah. that way. So one of the biggest things I think that, I am working on doing a better job at Mm -hmm. is bringing in the 10 year old that likes to edit videos to the table and saying like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like what, Mm -hmm. what do you believe in your generation? Cause that would be gen alpha coming up behind gen Z. Like what would impact people your age to encounter God through digital media and letting it be a very student led movement like social media for it to not be like a campaign or a promotion but it's a movement through the digital media world like even with um like virtual reality type of stuff where you can have pop-up virtual churches yeah like that's a movement like people being able to encounter god and it not being like hey we're talking about jesus no we're giving you an opportunity to encounter jesus right here it's the encounter that changes everything so i'm uh, it's it's a work in progress because it takes a lot of work to create great content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because students are passionate content about it, is, it is it, it can be exhausting. Crea- it's, it's worth job, it's worth but... creating the space. Yeah, um, for that. And so that's 
currently one of the bigger projects we're working on um, that we're not great in succeeding at right now, but that's been on my heart for a while. Hmm. I have some thoughts. And, yeah, uh, we're thinking. They may, well, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that a little bit later, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's probably stuff you've already thought of, but I guess my teacher brain um, and the creativity, I'm like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll talk about that some more later. <laughs> okay. We've already gone in like 10 different directions. And I know, I know. <laughs> that's great. That's what this is for, right? Exactly. It's a podcast. And that, well, and that's, you know, that's why I'm like, God, you yeah. know what you want us to talk about. And the people I have on this podcast are people that, I mean, multiple, so many opportunities of conversation and topics and thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll come back again and we'll talk about 10 <laughs> other things. It'll, it, it, it's a thing. So. Um, so the concept of promised land is yeah. prevalent in both passages. Mm-hmm. How can leaders effectively communicate and help Gen Z discover their own spiritual promised land? Yeah, it's so interesting because when, when you think of the promised land, maybe that means heaven. But then the reality is, like, what freedom does God have for you here on earth? Yeah, I was going to say, what is it there, heaven on earth? What is- so, and that's something we're big about is connecting people to their purpose and so like me too I think that is my pa- I love I'm so passionate about that and it's so easy to when you start serving or volunteering anywhere that you get connected to the doing but not the why you're doing it mm-hmm. and the passion behind you doing it mm-hmm. um, and so mm-hmm. recognizing in students like what are you truly passionate about like what gets you excited in the morning? Cause I know going to school and sitting and taking classes and getting like told that being a Christian is stupid. Like that's frustrating. And yes. so I know you're not passionate about that. So how can we actually create a space where you can find life mm-hmm. um, and begin to really cultivate that overflow where you can walk into school with a cup full of oil because you're like, I, I know who I am. Yes. And so I think I'm like processing your question still, yeah. but um. Yeah, that promised land. I think it's a continuous journey. I mean, it was for the Israelites of like they got there. We're still there. Yes, that that journey. Yeah, it's the process is growing us and changing us. So, and I think it looks different in different seasons too. So, like as you like grow, if you're single, when you're married, when you have kids, when you like Mm -hmm. are doing this job when you're not doing this job and so it's like the yeah. it's the your purpose isn't going to be the same it changes throughout <laughs> your life that's true it's very true so, and, and I think you are you know very much like me one of my um you know as I've done strengths finder one of my top five is always um this desire to help others um discover what their strengths are. You can hear my dog barking yeah. in the background. We love um, it. It's authentic. <laughs> helping them. Yeah. This is happening in real life. Um, to help people discover what God has put inside of right. them. Right. That will, they can flourish in mm-hmm. and that what God's called them to. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that so much to see the eyes yeah. light up. Right. When they're like, wait a minute. I, I'm good at that. And I never considered that, that that was a gift right like that's so true what light bulb i mean some are are kind of obvious but others Mm -hmm. not so much and to help you know 
anyone. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a kid, but to help anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's different when it's for the kingdom too. It is. Because it's not your gifts. It's the gifts God's given you. Mm-hmm. And God empowers you to do that too. So that's what's fun is when you are like praying for a student or somebody to like for God to strengthen this gift within them. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's of God. And so if you're just doing work and you're doing life in like outside of like God's impact, like you can only go so far. But when it's like, okay, God, like what are you doing in this person's life? What are you doing for them to get more freedom, for them to grow, for them to like having that others first mentality, which sometimes I have to like get myself into it. Like, yes, I'm excited about it. But when you're leading a team, you want to get the job done and you want to do the things, but it's like, constantly reminding Focusing myself on relationship over to do is that we are building people. We're not mm-hmm. building a program. We're not building a process. We're building people. Yes. Um, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And that is just not as easy as checking boxes. Yeah. People go with their no. own speed. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, thankfully there's grace on it. Yes. So technically so God's much. speed. Oh but sometimes gosh. I'm like, rapidamente, por favor. Yes. <laughs> Dime. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so Joshua one emphasizes, um, meditating on God's word day and night. Yeah. How can this practice be adapted for Gen Z considering the unique lifestyle mm-hmm. and constant influx of information? Yeah. Social media. It's just, yeah. So much. Yeah, absolutely. I think creativity is huge. Mm-hmm. So meditating on God's word doesn't necessarily have to look like, okay, I just read this verse. Sorry, microphone. I just read this verse. <laughs> Over and over and over again, which it can. The Lord right. will. <laughs> the verse I was about to read is, "The Lord will abandon you because you abandon the Lord." <laughs> but you meditate on that. We're going for. If you yes. meditate on that, you develop a fear of the fear Lord. Fear of the Lord. I was gonna say. <laughs> so it's scripture. It's God's word, and so like, but sometimes in creativity, um, like for me, one thing I do uh, that's interesting is I love to roller skate. Mm-hmm. And so I will literally put my skates on and skate around a parking lot and I'll be playing scripture. Just re- it'll be repeated scripture. Oh, over I love over. it. Or it's like verses. Um, like there's different Spotify groups that just yes. sing uh, verses. And so like listening to that on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, or I love to like draw letters and like artsy journaling wise. Oh, okay. And so like meditating on it can also be drawing it. Gen Z is very creative, very artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, a little bit more than they are creative. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like, we definitely can just like, like we're always on the move, but we also like to sit and do our own thing and like peace out from the world. So like, I think it's, meditating looks different, but it's still the same thing of sitting with God's word and letting it soak into our mind. Um, I think through social media, I think we just, there has to be times when we cut it off. Yes. Like like we have to just, because we're either, we're, we're meditating on something. Yes. We're always meditating on something. I think honestly, it's, I know we talk about social media a lot, but I think music, well, it's a big thing. It is. But I think music is one of the most like under like unknown, like mm-hmm. prevalent thing that's really impressing on the next generation. Because if you walk into a school nowadays, you will see maybe one or two students that don't have AirPods in or some mm-hmm. type of wireless headphones beats or something. Yeah. Like because music there's just a constant noise. Yeah. Constant constant noise. noise. I used to live that way. It was amazing when I learned that I could 
turning that off brought so much peace. But it depends on what that noise is. If they're listening to worship music, then they are filling themselves up with. Yeah. But but a lot of the music today what they're listening to. No, a lot of the music today, like outside of it just being like vulgarly about sex, like there's that. But then like when you really listen to it, like literally one of the top songs was SZA's Kill Bill, like talking about like killing her ex boyfriend. I'm like, we're literally like you're worshiping murder. Like, yeah, that's a whole I could go in a whole like like it's just like hmm. All right. So it's I see a lot of that stuff in Instagram too. Like I have a lot of those things in my feed that are talking about, you know, spiritual warfare yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, it, Instagram can actually, like it's putting all kinds of scripture in front of me because of what I... The algorithm. The yeah. algorithm. But, you know, we can't tweak the, I mean, it, your algorithm is... But that's you true. Have. Your algorithm shows you what you're meditating on. Yes. Well, I guess that makes me feel a little better. At least mine's full of a lot of scripture and stuff. (laughs) But it's like your algorithm. Like I get so much stuff about hair because I'm like trying to figure out my curly girl method, like all this stuff. Like curls. Like so that's like all my ads are all about hair products and different stuff. And so it's like, dang, I must really be like meditating on the thought of my hair. But it's like the like, yeah, your algorithm will show you what you're meditating on. So if it's a lot of like, if it's a lot of scripture solid if it's a lot of secular music that's really like like that is what you're meditating on and my dad used to always tell me as a like when i i loved rap and hip-hop it's like my favorite type of music love migos like all the like rappers growing up and my dad would always say why do you like listening to this stuff the lyrics are horrible and i would always be like well i love the beat it's the beat right i just love the beat no I liked the lyrics too subconsciously. I just didn't know well, it. I was going to say those words are going in your head. I mean, it's stuff that it is but, feeding you. Like that was like listening to that, like increased the temptation of drug use. Yes. Increased absolutely. the temptation of any TV sexual does the same thing. anything. It normalizes it for yeah. you. When you hear it that many times and over and yep. over again, you start going, oh, I'm the only one that doesn't feel that way. Yeah. I walked that. I remember in my 20s very clearly yeah. wrestling with a lot of different things and being single and thinking, surely I understand this wrong. Or yeah. surely there's another way to look at this. Like, yeah. I mean, look, I'm the only one not doing these things, right? Pride. Then it develops a pride. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Having to, so meditating yeah. day and night on God's word, getting creative in it. And through music, I think is huge too in this generation specifically. Yeah. So that's good. So what role does mentorship play in discipleship journey of Gen Z? Yeah. So I like to take the perspective that everything we do is discipleship. I agree. So like, yes, coming together, doing a Bible study, discipleship, going to watch a baseball game together, discipleship, discipleship. relationship, going grocery shopping together discipleship like coming sit in third service with me discipleship discipleship like going fishing i don't know like going shopping like is discipleship i mean i've i've been with people that like even when i was um in ecuador and i was a professor at a seminary there and there were a group of students that went into the next neighborhood and wanted to knock on doors and tell people about jesus and that's fine that's never been my yeah thing but but they ha- they were like, no, 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 we have to tell them about Jesus. We have to. But 
for me, what has always been so much more powerful has been friends coming to me and saying, I just accepted Christ. And part of the reason I did is because I've been watching you, our entire relationship. Yeah. And it's, I feel like, especially, I mean, I think it's probably with everyone, but I have a feeling even more with Gen Z, this not, it's not do as I say, not as I do. If you're not doing it, they're not going to be paying attention to it. Like if you're going to be saying it, you better be doing it too. Yeah. For us to take you seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And thankfully I don't think many, I think, I think our leaders are very aware of that type. Like I like to use the bless model a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, and like it's a commonly used evangelism strategy, like begin with prayer. B is begin with prayer. The L is listen. So Mm -hmm. actively listen. Gen Z is huge. And because there's so many voices, they always feel like they're being talked to. Like we always feel like we're being talked at. And so somebody that actually listens knows how to ask the right questions to lead the conversation. Because there's strategy in how you ask questions to help the person get to where they need to go without having to tell them. Which they them have their own realization. That's a, that is the definition of counseling, girl. Yeah. Yes, it, you're right. So and so as we're developing leaders, like having to develop many counselors in a sense, like not yes. certified, uh-huh. but like like how do you ask the right questions? I think when I got my counseling degree, like they in the, one of the first classes, they were like eighty. 80- to 85% of counseling is just good listening skills. And I was like, I'm paying for this degree that apparently I could do without the degree. So anyway, Except I talk yeah. way too much. Right. So I probably do need the degree. <laughs> like <laughs> I probably need to be taught how to listen. I feel um, you. I understand. So, but so B L E eat with them. It's the best one because Absolutely. around, like when you're eating around a table, you're getting to feast. There's a vulnerability. Uh, I might get food on my face. I might like, I have to go to the restroom in between. Like we got to like, I got it. Like, so there's just a vulnerability in eating. Mm -hmm. S is serve, serve them. Mm -hmm. Like actually, like what do they need? How can I, um, Jeff Little said this on a podcast recently. He said, when discipling, we want to make them rich where they're poor. Mm. And so instead of like, if they're poor in like having bad friendships, like they don't know how to like steward friendships. Well, they've been offended. And Matthew 18 says like, go to that person and actually have a conversation with them. Then you go up in leadership. We don't gossip. We don't first tattletale. You go to that person first. And so like, where, where can I make them rich where they're poor? Um, and then like serving, like what are their actual physical needs? Do they need, do they need a car ride? to school? Do they need a ride from school to service? Do they need, like, where can I make them? And then the last S is share the gospel. Yep. And so it's like, you gotta meet all the other needs. You gotta be the practical hands of God before. Now I am the person who walks into a grocery store and asks the cashier, how can I pray for you today? Oh yeah. I've done that too. But I'm not, when I can do it relationally, that's where you see the long lasting impact. Yeah. So it's like the Fozzie's losing his mind. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, you can EQ it out it's later, okay. <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, it's, it's having that balance. So even if you are going to go pray with somebody in the grocery store, yeah. like, Hey, how was your day to day? Like, yeah. what's your, like, what's your biggest need right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, money. I'm like, I'm having to work extra hours cause I got two kids at home. Like, okay, could I pray for you right now that God would just bless you financially? Like they feel heard. They yes, feel seen. seen. Then you write, it, on. you write it down in your notes, their name and their need. So next week when you come back, you ask them, Yes. Hey, 
How's it going at home? You okay? How How's are your two going? kids doing? Um, and that's just it's powerful. Huge. Yeah, that's something I'm trying to work on and actually like remembering, like when I come back. Yeah. Um, because that's where the real like long term change begins to happen. That consistency. Well, and I, you know I've written talks on the and given talks before on relationship comes through intimacy. You know, and yeah. I really became so aware of this moving back and forth between Ecuador and the U.S. Because mm -hmm. in, in South America, powerful friendships happened very quickly. and But culturally, they are much more willing to be vulnerable from the beginning. And, you know, in the church, mm. when there was an altar call, over half the church was all of a sudden at the front of the building with their hands in the air wanting the pastor to pray for them. Whereas here in the U.S., altar call, and people are like, people are going to be looking at me. What are wow. people going to think if I go up? I don't want to be too happy about something. I don't want to be too sad about wow. something because that is showing a vulnerability. Mm. I need to show that I have got my stuff together wow. and that I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You don't see any kind of worry on me because I know I've got stuff handled. Wow. You know, and, and. I, I do equate that with, are they willing to go up to the front? Because that is a vulnerability. Yeah. Or to jump up and down when you're excited. It's not just mm -hmm. about being sad. People also don't show super excitement about things yeah. either necessarily. Mm. And those things only happen. And like my ex, he came from Venezuela and he struggled a whole lot building any kind of friendships here because it takes a lot of effort to make really good friends. Wow. But, you know, those friendships, like the ones I have, I've been walking through, like going through pursuit, discipleship training school, yeah. stuff like that. We've had some very vulnerable moments with each other. Like yeah. not one person hasn't shed tears. Not one right. person hasn't. I mean, and that is what, that builds a connection with another person because you've seen them in this raw state. Yeah. And it draws you to them. And so that vulnerability, like we're talking about, that authentic, those are those words are, mm -hmm. am I going to see you when things hurt? And am I going to see you when things are being celebrated? Like yeah. those extremes, we as a culture do not mm. necessarily let people see that part of us. Yeah. And so it's relationship is... And that's where we desire differently from the world. Yeah. It's like in that that we want to go after that. Mm -hmm. So like even in the life groups, when we're with our students or we're like, how do we effectively train leaders to create environments like that? Yeah. And it's training the leaders to do the same as doing that with our leaders too. So, well, and even, I mean, I teach on it. I obviously yeah. understand it. I am a counselor. These are things I know. Right. And yet I went to prayer group a week ago. Um, and again, it was, it was the end because that was what shifted it. But of this like three or four days where I was having trouble hmm. seeing God's plan and trusting and believing it. Wow. You know, and I went to this prayer group and like cried through almost the whole thing and felt so dumb. I was like, Oh, I don't want them to see me crying. I don't want them to I've got myself yeah, together. Yeah. 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 And I understand hmm. that the cry, like, that's just being raw and yeah. people respond to that with compassion and love. Right. And yet I didn't want to do it. 
And I know all those things. So someone who hasn't necessarily spent the time to really dissect that and digest it. Yeah. It's even scarier mm. to be that vulnerable person. Now, people who really know me yeah. know I'm going to cry at everything. So it's okay. At this point, I, I've given up. I'm just going to cry. Y'all just going to have to deal with it. Hey, <laughs> you got to okay. do what you got to do. <laughs> Let it flow. You know, and most of it is just being overwhelmed by God's goodness. Mm. That is most of it, really. And and in my tears on that Wednesday, it was it was all about, wow, God is just so faithful. Mm. You know, and like, I yeah. have been away from this. I forgot for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's powerful stuff. I mean, sometimes it's just the awe of God that just brings you to tears. Mm. Like his presence, just just being with him. Like I'd say almost every morning when I'm like in my word, like, and that's like, not that I want to be in tears every morning, but I, right. I always want to be <laughs> in awe of his oh. word. And like when I'm reading it and I'm feasting on it, that it's like, like if I'm not in awe, like then something's off. But again, it's not a feeling. Right. It's the truth. Right. And so just respond to respond that to that as such. Fear of God. Yeah. Don't let me be separated from you. Amen. Oh, Amen. so good. Um, so the story of the spies highlights the importance of perspective. Mm -hmm. How can leaders help Gen Z develop a biblical worldview and navigate the cultural influences Absolutely. Um, that may impact their faith? Have the hard conversations. <laughs> Discipline your children. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be friends with your children. Oh, it's, you know. Now here's the reality. I'm not a mom. Yeah. So I can't, I can't be a mom and I can't say that I would do it a certain way. Cause I don't have the evidence or the fruit to say that I can do that or right. and have done that. However, I have led students for now almost six years. And so I'm like, I have a little bit, a you little can bit see under my belt. what has worked Just and what isn't bit. working with I've been able kids to see, for sure. And I've walked alongside, like some students have been with, I've been with since sixth grade and seen them to now 11th graders. Yeah. And so it's really cool to just see what God has done in their life. When there have been times where I, I like didn't address things and I was like, I brought it up. I'm like, Hey, how's that going with your boyfriend? Like, are y'all still struggling? Like what's going on? Right. And like, if I like would just bring it up like every, like, every month or so and like then some stuff happened right which if i would have asked and been like hey hey how are the boundaries how are the boundaries yes. with you and so and so like when he drives you home at night how does that go for you like mm -hmm. being willing to have those heart-to-heart -heart conversations yeah because it can one it's going to begin to develop more trust now you have to have a relationship there's yeah. the whole relational bridge analogy of like yes. you other person like whatever the bridge is you're going to have a giant truck that's filled with bleh of hard truth that you have to get to this person. Yeah. But that bridge, it can't just be some wobbly toothpicks to be able to drive this massive truck over. The relational right. bridge has to be rock solid laid brick by brick yes. cement <laughs> so that you can drive this truck over For sure. to share hard conversation. Yeah. But if you know that that bridge is pretty solid, then it's on it's on the leader for yeah. holding back, uh, from holding back the challenging truth. Well, you know what? And I mean, those are tough conversations. But I have been. I mean, because I'm single, you're single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have. I don't know if you have been, but I've been on the receiving end of some of those questions before, and I actually really appreciated it. Right. Absolutely. I was like, this person is paying attention. Right. This mm -hmm. person is watching and seeing things that I'm not saying. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like. 
this has run through my mind as mm -hmm. I've questioned X, Y, and Z. How do I yeah. handle X, Y, and Z? And somebody will come up and say, how's this going for you? We need mm -hmm. to talk. Yeah. Let's, you know. Creating a space for vulnerability too. Yes. And letting, letting, and also I think too is failure is not fatal. Yeah. So when they, like when somebody does open up of like, hey, I slipped up and I did watch pornography. Yeah. It's like, instead of being like, yeah, we need to, like, you're not allowed to serve on the worship team. Ooh, you're kicked off. You're da, 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 da. Oh, got, it's yeah. different with Gen Z mm -hmm. when they're still developing. Okay. Now, if you're an adult and like you're in a leadership role, right. I'm like, okay, maybe we should take a step back. Like, let's talk about this. But the because the brains are younger, if I take them out of a role that yeah. they've been finding life, if I take them out of a role for three months, that's mm -hmm. a quarter of a year for them. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. And so learning what is the right time for that student, mm -hmm. like, okay, two weeks, like for two weeks, they have to come sit and be a part of something that they're so used to like serving and do like, like so relational yes. and so different for each student. Oh, and it takes sure. so much time and energy. Oh yeah. There is no cookie cutter method for so, anything in life. I'm sorry like, for the people who are like, no, but we need to make it fair. And it, no, 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 no two people are the same, but there needs to be consequences. Oh, absolutely. There needs to be consequences, but there needs to be grace involved. So, um, well, and, and you know, what's popping in my mind is to have those conversations too. Is, teaching it's giving an opportunity to teach them how to not be defensive about things as well because mm -hmm. if their reaction to anything you ever say to them is defensive that is going to impact them the rest of their life whereas yeah. if you can bring this to them they may have a defensive reaction yeah and you can talk through that with them and go no 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 We're, yeah. this isn't and create this place that later when somebody comes to them like an employer mm -hmm. or whatever and says something they don't react with well Right. you know like <laughs> mm -hmm. yep yep I think too in that is creating a space where it's safe to ask questions yeah so I think um one of our leaders said it the other day is creating a space where you can encourage curiosity and so like in the group when a student starts asking like okay in the book of revelation what does this mean and it's like well, we're probably not going to take that detour today, but yeah. like, let's actually dive into that at some point and meeting yeah. with that student later and like diving into that with them. Or like if they're beginning to ask, like I'll get so funny. I'll get texted at like 11 PM, like, like, <laughs> like just sending me a scripture, which is so fun. And I it's like, that. what does that mean by this? Mm -hmm. And like actually like breaking it down with it. Like if they're asking me questions, like encouraging it, like yeah. not like, I don't want anybody to ever feel like embarrassed to ask something about what the Bible says or like, you don't already know that. Yeah. Even yes. when, even when people are leading a life group or leading or speaking and they're like, you all know the story of Noah yeah, and the ark. You all does? know yeah. this. And it like breaks my heart sometimes yeah. because this generation wasn't raised in church. Right. So even if the older generations are saying that from the stage, it's like, even the millennial, like there's, there's a lot of people that are, I'm like learning now as I'm meeting them. Like they, yeah. sometimes we live in the Bible belt. We live in the South. So it is common, but there's a lot I don't of people. necessarily know all of the, no, mm -hmm. I, the lingo, the jargon, yeah. the, yeah, that's so, true. So, um, creating space to encourage curiosity. You know what else I think is so important is, you know, it's just kind of the nature of being parents. And again, I'm not a parent either. 
And I've struggled with like this type of stuff you were talking about. And I wanted to encourage you in this. I mean, I've studied a lot of it. I'm a counselor. I am a family counselor. Um, no, I haven't had kids, but I do have a lot of understanding and a lot of experience working with kids, Yeah, which isn't, you know, worth nothing. There right. is definitely value in the things that you know and you have learned and mm. God has walked you through that on mm-hmm. purpose and has been teaching you things. Same, same with me. So you can speak with some authority, even though you yeah. are not a parent. Just mm. so, I mean, because yeah. I, I have dealt with, and I'm in my 40s, mm-hmm. and I have dealt with the same issue and yeah. thoughts of, oh, I don't know if I can say this to them because yeah. they're going to look at me and go, mm, really, Aaron? Yeah. You don't know things. <laughs> it's not true. I do know things. Um, I don't have the specific yeah. uh, experience of being a parent. But anyway, you know, I think just the nature of being parents or honestly, even in close relationships, I see this in husband and wives all the time. When the person who is that close to you points something out or says something, you are never going to hear it from them. Mm. You know, it is a rare occasion that there is just such an amazing relationship that you are good. They are going to say something and you're going to just accept it. Mm-hmm. So the value of having someone amazing like you in their kid's life that they will or, go or and talk to plus leaders. Exactly. Yeah. Having, or having a counselor yeah. that your kid is going to and talking to about yeah. things, a place where they feel that they can voice those questions because they're worried about the, I mean, the parent Absolutely. relationship is a different relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, to get your kids involved in a youth group, to get, I mean, the one at our church is phenomenal, um, and I would highly recommend it. But, you know, to have, to try and get those mentoring type relationships. That you trust. That you trust. Yeah. In your kid's life. Mm -hmm. Um, I even remember when I was younger and going through some things, and there was an older, someone who was, probably had seven or eight years on me, um, but she would come over and want us to go for walks. Now I go back and I'm like, yeah, that was mom trying to find someone for me to talk to that I could look up to that was further along. Cause, yeah, mom cause if that wasn't your mom, that's a little creepy. Right. <laughs> cause I wasn't going to say it to my mom. So my mom found someone who was like, this is someone I trust who's closer yeah. to Aaron's age and yeah. Aaron can talk to and get some wisdom and yeah, you know, that's cool. There's, there's, there's some good power in that and in helping your child have other people in their life that they can Mm -hmm. talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I think also celebrating the small wins for your child's life. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest testimonies of my journey is like my dad was my number one cheerleader. Yeah. And it is, I know that that's a privilege and that not everybody gets to experience that. Yeah. But if you have a child, whether you're the mom, the dad, the auntie, the grandma, Mm -hmm. the whoever, the, the God mom, like being that child's number one cheerleader, um, not saying you have to come to every soccer game, every whatever right. theater performance, but the ones that you go to, you make a huge deal about it yes. and you show up and show out. Um, oh, and I those yes. are like, those are big things for students. Yeah. Um, and when they do well, when they get a good grade, when they do think like celebrating, yes. like constantly celebrating. So then when things... Up. When they slip up, 
and you like have to say, Hey, and have a hard conversation. There's so much of that encouragement that has already filled their tank that they can trust that what you say is going to be something that's also going to build them up, even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment. So that's like, they're going to be more willing to hear it from you. Absolutely. Because they trust you. Mm hmm. Because they know that you're also on their side for sure. Yeah, and we we did a survey this time last year with our students and asked them, "Hey, what do you wish you could tell your parents?" Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that the students responded, they said, "I wish they knew I was really trying my hardest." Mm. That breaks my heart. Yeah. And so it's I think I I, I really do think COVID did a number um, on our students. It did. And cause some potentially traumatic experiences that go really unnoticed. Yeah. Um, because it, it wasn't a big event. It wasn't a big event in the sense like one thing happened, like, but, no, dur- but when there's... it messed up a couple years of school, it mm-hmm. messed up the experiences that you know things we look forward to getting to do in mm-hmm. school, things mm-hmm. we value, mm-hmm. and there are rites of passage, and yeah. then all of a sudden those things didn't happen. Yeah. So, but I believe we're on the up and up of that. Yes. Um, in the healing and the freedom of that. Absolutely. But I think there's got to be a grace and knowing that there needs to be a healing process in that. Yeah. Um, and really being able, because I feel like a lot of our students for a while were not motivated. Right. Like there was a lack of motivation and endurance. But what's so cool is I'm like actually seeing the shift like in the last semester yes. where our students are, because it was so common for so many students to just have season D's. And I was like, like all the students, all of our rock star students that love the Lord are chasing God. They had C's and D's and they're like past, they're barely passing. And I'm like, this is weird, but it's, there was this lack of motivation and like lack of really knowing how to learn because it was just done so differently in COVID. And so, but we're seeing the up and up some of our stellar students, their grades are getting back up. And so the motivation is coming back. And so I think in that swoop, like, like, I believe God is doing a shift where he is bringing himself into that. And so their motivation is like, they're recognizing that it's motivated by God, at least for our students. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's something we talked about is as this generation is identified as one of the most anxious, depressed, suicidal generations. Like, I believe that is something that God is going to use to reveal himself to be something that we need to depend on the most Mm. because students are recognizing that even like, like I'd say at least half of our students do go to counseling. Like parents, like thankfully parents are recognizing, okay, my child needs counseling. Yeah. But if there's a disconnect between what the Bible says and relationship and intimate relationship with God and his ability to heal, there's a disconnect with that and the counseling that you're getting, Mm -hmm. then there's going to be a disconnect in your opportunity for healing. It has to co-labor. I've said that so many times. I mean, counseling is actually an extremely secular field. Hmm. And I, you know, I have had people contact me um, specifically because I talk about being a Christian counselor, because Hmm. for me, that perspective is going to be some of the most important. And honestly, as a counselor, it's so important to be able to pray for your clients mm. to have guidance in how to help them. Yeah. Which a secular counselor supernatural doesn't knowledge. know anything Prophetic about knowledge. it. Isn't yeah. right. And anything they've got going on the supernatural, you don't want. So right. <laughs> I'm saying I need none of that witchcraft. Mm. Right. Get and on no. with your bad. So exactly. So, I mean, it is. And I think for me, some of it even is more of a mentoring relationship 
than even a counseling relationship. It's more like mm-hmm. I'm a mentor with a whole lot of extra education. Yeah. And, and I'm cool with that. I love it. I think it's wonderful because mm-hmm. um, I can help in the areas that yeah. are needed as a counselor. Yeah. But, um, it is. Yeah. Know. I'm, I'm interested. We just mentioned the witchcraft stuff even, mm-hmm. which is also pretty prevalent. In Gen oh, Z. it's, so huge. it's, it's yeah. huge on the internet too. Cause even when I first downloaded TikTok and TikTok didn't know my algorithm, I don't have TikTok oh, anymore, yeah, but when it didn't know my algorithm, like literally one of the first lives that's like on the suggested page was a chick like reading tarot cards. Yes. And so a, like, I, yes, I was just like, yeah, that ain't what I want. I was no. like block, block, never want to see again. That warning. sexual content. Yeah. I have no idea, honestly, because yeah. of my algorithm is what it is. I had no idea that that was such a thing wow. on social media because yeah. I don't get any of that in yeah. my feet. And so I, all of a yeah. sudden, I honestly don't really know how bad it actually is out there either. because it's not on my I want to know. <laughs> but uh, praise God for the algorithm. There's, there's a, <laughs> there are some benefits, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it, uh, definitely with the witchcraft side of things, I think because manifestation, the mm-hmm. term is used in Christian culture sometimes. Yes. And so, which is not a, the manifest presence of God is God's glory, the weight of glory. Like that is what we desire. Mm -hmm. But when it's, I'm manifesting my destiny, that's when I am the God. I am making myself God that I can do whatever I want and I will manifest it. There was a student that actually, she had stomach problems and she was manifesting a flatter stomach. And she got stomach problems and had a whole like stomach problem thing that like messed up her whole body, what she could eat and do all the things. And we like, we prayed through it and like, I need to catch up with her and see how she's doing with that. Because when she prayed through it, she literally felt like a difference in her stomach of like, oh my gosh, like I feel like it's it's amazing when you get stuff. I mean, I have been delivered from different things, even if it, not that I've ever been possessed or anything, but Things that have been spoken over me Mm. during my lifetime, you know, I mean, I grew up on stage and performing and, you know, singing and dancing and the amount of times people came to me wanting to shift something about me or tell me Mm. something that wasn't right about me in being on stage or whatever. Like I got, I had people pray over me and I could like feel that self doubt just came off of me wow! because as those things are spoken to us, they find a home Yeah, on us, in us, through us, in our mind. And we don't even realize it's there. Yeah. And so the power of being able to pray through those things, to pray that stuff off, to pray, like there's yeah. just, there's power in our words. The Bible says it is mm-hmm. true. You know, all of those things, yeah. man, we could go on for hours. I know. I'm I like, know. there's whole freedom of like, I've had friends that have literally been set free from PTSD and anxiety yes. and seeing it. I've been set free from anxiety. Yeah. I get it. It's huge. And so, but it's so interesting because you have to be so careful in communicating it yeah. because I do agree that it's not something that, oh, just pray it away. Oh no, no. Because getting set free, you don't just pray it away. Like no, that's no, not no. even how you get set free. Like, yeah. So that just needs to be a whole other As a counselor, itself. yeah, I have a whole slew of tools and things. Yeah. Now, mine was actually just prayed away, which actually kind of made me crazy because I was like, <laughs> as a counselor, I can't just do this for every client. And that I want to be able That's to do this That's so cool. It was amazing. But, 
yeah, like I mean, there's a whole counseling. But there's the way reality of, of it as well that but it's possible. God can do it. That it's God possible. Can do it. It is. I think yours did involve standing on a chair and yelling. Yeah, it did. Too, so it yes. involved all kinds of things, but <laughs> the epitome of embarrassment. But you know, it was all. No, it was so powerful. Humiliation and good. equals healing? What? <laughs> hey, the humiliation of Christ. That you know, I came up with all things. I was my head was spinning. The anxiety was alive and well before, as mm-hmm. I tried to come up with what in the world am I going to renounce. Hmm that's not going to be embarrassing and anxiety hadn't even crossed my mind. And when I stood up in that chair, like that is what came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, ah! amazing, God's amazing. So, cool like that. so good. But he gave me authority. And it's a good thing he did. Cause I was a mess. <laughs> I was a super mess, hmm. but I also understand what it's like to have that anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So, so you can speak to it. Like, I think that's like having those like living examples yeah. of how God can actually directly heal you yes like having direct access to the father that he in our soul can remove something yeah just by his hand and it was amazing so many people were like i can see a difference i said i almost wish like i'd lost a finger and it grew back because i'd be like look no it's there right but you know people said no there is something different wow. like i can feel it just being around you there's something different yeah. and it it changed overnight and it, yeah like, Same thing happened to one of my best friends. And it's like, when you see it night and day, it's, it's wild. amazing. Yeah. So how can people find you? Mm-hmm. What if they have a question or they're interested in learning more about you? Oh, absolutely. And what you do and mm-hmm. stuff like that. How can people find you? So my social media is SavvySunny22, S-A-V-V-Y-S-O-N-N-Y-2-2. Uh, Savannah Simpson, if you look me up, yep. hopefully it'll come up it somewhere. Does. But Savvy Sunny 22 on all social medias. And then uh, I'm the youth director at Grace Life Church. So if you ever want to come hang, Wednesday nights, 615, doors open, 645, service starts. So it's it's a great place to be. I love it. So so good. Well, or thank catch you. me at Publix. Publix on Hardscrabble. I swear I'm there like three times a week. <laughs> I love so, it. But yeah. <laughs> it has been a joy having you here. I'm so excited that uh, we just got to have this conversation that we covered so many things. I know. But I feel like there was just so much good meat to this conversation. There was just... By the grace of God. all God. <laughs> I mean, the things that we talked about and the insight and wisdom, and I hope that people are able to watch it and just really take away something maybe that they didn't have before and go, oh, this is a new way to handle something that I hadn't yeah. occurred to me before. And yeah. Absolutely. I just love it. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor. As always, thank you for joining us for the Salty and Shiny Life podcast, where we seek to encourage each other to live a life of salt and light. You can find me on Instagram at Erin Mathena or online at ErinMathena.com or counseling at MathenaConsulting.com. Now go out into the world and live a life that shines for him.